What's up, FC Dallas fans? Welcome back to DTID, the official FC Dallas podcast. As always, I'm your host, Garrett Melser, and today I sat down with Matt Denny, the general manager for North Texas SC, FC Dallas's second team, which kicks off its inaugural MLS Next Pro season this Saturday, March 26th at 8 p.m. at Choctaw Stadium. You can get your tickets at NorthTexasSC.com. To get ready for the new season, I spoke with Matt about what MLS Next Pro is all about and some of the new rules you'll see this season. We also spoke about his career path, how he came to the United States to coach soccer, and how he ended up at FC Dallas in a sales position, and eventually how he became general manager for North Texas SC. It's a really fun podcast. Matt is super knowledgeable about a lot of different areas of the game, and I hope you guys enjoy it. As always, if you have any suggestions for future guests, please reach out to me on Twitter at Garrett Melser. Alrighty, Matt Denny, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing? Good, thanks, Garrett. All right, so first off, from your accent, we know that you're from England. Tell us a little bit about uh, your childhood, where you grew up, and how soccer came into the picture. Yeah, I uh, I grew up in in Nottingham, which is a phenomenal town. Um, if you haven't heard of it, it's it's Robin Hood country. That's what it's famous for. Uh, I was just back there a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, just a great town to grow up. Had two big football teams at the time, uh, Nottingham Forest and Notts County. Um, for some reason, I, I ended up being a Notts County fan. Uh, so I had some some heartbreak along the way, some struggles. But uh, I, I started getting into to football or soccer. Um, my parents signed me up for a, a Notts County summer camp, and the rest was history. It's uh, just had a great coach, and, and then kept going back and back, and, and really enjoyed it. So. Um, you can see the impact, you know, somebody, or even just as a kid, doing a soccer camp can have on people. And, you know, the amount of kids we have in FC Dallas, you can see, you know, you don't have to be a professional player. You can end up, you know, in the sport, which is great. And just the reach it has is, is phenomenal. So, um, but yeah, I grew up in Nottingham. And basically, uh, that's where I settled. And my parents traveled around a lot when I was younger, um, lived in places like uh, the Philippines, um, oh, wow. Indonesia. Um, my dad worked for a construction company mm. and was, traveled around a lot and to, to pick jobs in war zones that paid well. And uh, <laughs> I ended up settled in Nottingham and uh, you know, got into football there. I was in a, an academy and basically, uh, Part of the academy was was in the curriculum they timetabled football, um, mm. but they also timetabled in uh, football lessons. So you learn about all aspects of the sport. So part of it you had to take a refereeing license, you know. Mm. Part of it you took coaching licenses, and um, they did community events where you got to run events. So the the whole idea was the more you understand from different aspects of sports, gives you a, a, a better understanding. Um, but got our coach there was actually a coach. He coached out in America. Um, and at this time I was 17 and he said you, you're basically too old to make it now um, you should go look in America and at that time I was playing academy but I was also playing some semi-professional um, and he said yeah you should look in America it's a good life uh, when you go to university so he sent me up with a few uh, trials at university and uh, a company that would pay for me to come out here and coach mm-hmm. so I'd coach for a summer and then on the back end go try out at these universities and look at it, I actually tore a ligament to my ankle before I came out, I couldn't try out, but I ended up still coming and coaching uh, and just loved it and kind of fell in love with it. I went back to university in England, in Leeds, and then every summer I would come out and coach uh, and that really got me 
to see different areas of America. One year I was based out of California, the next, you know, Providence, uh, Chicago. When I finished university, I ended up staying in Chicago, got offered a job um, as a director of, of coaching mm-hmm. for, a, for a club. We had about 30 teams and about 2,000 red kids. Oh, wow. um, so got to learn the business side of it, mm-hmm. which was great. And then uh, met my wife in Chicago. She's from Texas. So when we started looking at family, started looking at real estate, we'd come back to Texas and uh, the sun was shining, the real estate was cheap, and we decided to, to make the move here to be close to family and then got involved with FC Dallas. I really took an entry-level job um, mm-hmm. on the sales side. Okay. I wanted to get, because I, I, I was getting involved with the business side like that. Um, an opportunity came up, I kind of applied, didn't really know what it was. Um, and it was, the interview process was, I, I compare it to American Idol for sales. Uh, and it was a three day boot camp where they taught you about sales process. And it was a um, hundred people. And they said, we got eight jobs at the end of it. And it was, it was, it was a good experience. Wow. But it got into uh, basically sales. There was eight people started on the same day from that process. And we got to know each other really well. And I found that it was just very competitive mm. and, you know, really enjoyed it, succeeded in, in the sales and worked my way up. So just, uh, that's how I got to FC Dallas and worked my way up. I was in 2010. So I've been with the organization a long time now. That is a long time. Do, do we still hire like that with uh, sales positions? Do you know? Not that I know of. It's, <laughs> it's very different now, but it was, it was kind of a, a turning point for organization. Yeah. I think it was staffing up and uh, it was a sales guy called Bill Gertin. He's He goes around the country doing, you know, similar boot camps and, um, but it was a great, it was a great um, experience for me and really got me my foot in the door. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was lucky to have a great boss along the way. And um, before I knew it, I was, you know, being ranked among the top 10 salespeople in the league consistently. Okay, um, wow. And really for me, it was just, I was going out and talking football and yeah. you know, I loved it. And I was trying to, you know, be the best salesperson in the room. And, you know, it's all about relationships. I think that's mm-hmm. true, even in my role now. It's for sure. It's just building relationships, getting to know people and Mm-hmm. And if you can be involved in a sport you love, it's, it's yeah. you know, it's gravy. Did the accent help with the sales? I feel like it might. <laughs> That's what everyone else said when I was out selling them. But it's, yeah, I bet they did. <laughs> uh, it, it does help, I'm not going to lie. But, um, First impression, uh, maybe. But uh, yeah. after that, it's the... It, 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 got the it got the conversations flowing, but there's, sure. uh, there's a lot of people have different tactics to get the 100%. conversations going. But it does help. Uh, so you're on the sales side for FC Dallas. Um, how long were you on the sales side? And, and then when did North Texas SC come to the picture and how did you become um, the, the general manager, which you still are today? Yeah, so basically, like I said, is that I got in the sales side, I kind of worked my way up. And for me, it's like, I always try and be just the hardest working person. I'm always looking for opportunities. So even on the sales side, I was constantly saying, how do I get better? What's the next opportunity? Am I growing? Am I developing? Um, and just pushing for that. I worked with a lot of different departments and I was really um, just clear on wanting to learn the whole business, not just stay in a bubble. Um, and I got to work with all the departments, learn about the organization. Uh, you know, I worked my way from, you know, just entry level to manager to director. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when they started talking about introducing a, a second team, uh, you know, Dan approached me and, and said, we'd like you to interview. We think, you know, there's things that would be a good fit here. Um, and I had, for me, it was a shock and I didn't know I was doing really well on the sales side. I didn't know about this new league. I didn't know how mm-hmm. long it would last, how 
you know, serious it was, you know. Um, and if it would be something, it would be a long-term thing or maybe just a, a flash in the pan. So I kind of took some time to contemplate. Really, the opportunity was phenomenal when I sat down and thought about it. And, uh, you know, I, I prepared for the interview, prepared for, for what I thought was the vision and, and what ownership wanted. And um, I guess I did well. <laughs> Clearly. Process, but, Clearly. Uh, but, yeah. So moving from the sales side to general manager, uh, it's it's. I think I would guess there's some similarities in terms of selling the team to you know to fans really, um, but also there's a ton of administration things to mm-hmm. be done. What, what was the learning curve like that first year? Which the first season was 2018 <laughs> or the uh, first season was 2019. Yeah. What was that first year for you like in terms of getting to grips with the job? Yeah, it was a big big learning curve. Um, but I say I'm not ever afraid of of working hard, mm-hmm. learning. I think I'm good under pressure and. Uh, the biggest thing was there's a lot of good people helping me and, and it's a lot of it's on my shoulders but there's so many people helping um, and the staff we've got here are just phenomenal um, supportive and um, I didn't feel like I was doing it on my own so I feel like I was basically you know working relationships and everybody was helping and I'm just making sure things go well um, but the learning curve has been huge and you think like uh, 2019 we formed a team so I got to to be a part of that, mm-hmm. you know. Then we had to to start looking at different venues. We got to to look around the whole metroplex, looking at where we were going to play. We wanted to play out in Tarrant County, um, so so got familiar with that. So just in the last three years, I got to to launch a team, find a new venue, and now we're starting in a new league. So yeah. it's it's really you know the experience I'm gaining is just yeah. invaluable. It's it's great. It does seem with this team there's something new every single year. Um, <laughs> But like that first season, um, like it was awesome. Twenty nineteen, that team had Ricardo Pepe, who's of course gone on to do great things. But a ton of like kind of the FC Dallas golden generation of homegrowns that played a big part in it ended up winning the title. What was that year like for you? And like looking back, like was that so far the biggest achievement of your professional career? I, I would say, I would say so. Um, but again, I don't see it as I see it as a shared mm-hmm. effort and just so many people putting work to that and could be proud of that but it's uh when you look at the footprint of that team mm-hmm. and where people are now um and the, i was talking about yesterday to somebody is arturo was uh for us a last minute signing mm-hmm. in the in the in the season or That's to start the season. Yeah. yeah and uh and he got mvp he's now having a great career um and that might not have happened if you yeah. didn't have his team you've got you know, Breck Evans, he's still doing well. You got uh, Ronaldo, who was MVP in the championship last year, and now he's gone to Sweden. Yeah. But the opportunity that North Texas has provided mm-hmm. players, uh, and if they don't make the first team, there's still opportunity for them to go other places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and you just follow the players that have been involved with the team. It's, it's really amazing to see um, the opportunity and, and the careers that, that are now available that might not have been, mm-hmm. you know. That makes sense. Um, so that was a, obviously a great first year. Then the second season, 2020, that was the year that COVID kind of threw a wrench into everybody's plans, especially sports. Um, and that major sports leagues didn't know what they were doing. And USL League One is a third third tier soccer league in the United States. So, you know, not like a ton of establishment behind it. What was it like trying to make that season happen from the North Texas side for <laughs> you? Because I know, I think I remember after the first game started, you were talking to Dan Hunt, FC Dallas president, and I think I overheard you saying, um, yeah, this is the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, um, which makes sense from my perspective because it was very weird on my side. I was media coordinator for yeah. the club at the time, and we were, you know, finding out about announcements a couple of minutes before they happened, and, you know, everything was so crazy. But what yeah. was it like, you know, being the, the, the lead man and all that? 
it was it was a big challenge because um, a lot of it was last minute it was ever changing mm-hmm. and you know you're trying to plan for something that you don't really know uh, and you've got different scenarios going on but it's uh, I think I look back on it and and it was just a lot of work but it was worth it we got the season going um, but things like you know we started training where you know there was four players on a field on their own in a corner and if yeah. the ball went over to the other corner the player had to walk over and get it while the other person stood to the side and trying to just yeah. deal with those things that are so alien to us and in the, the moment it seemed right mm-hmm. um, and we, we got through it but um, yeah it was a tough one but I actually got to be part of the USL League One COVID task force mm. so we were really implementing the policies and the strategies for the whole league and I got to you know coordinate with you know people in the league um, and also around the country in different leagues mm-hmm. um, but for me that was a great opportunity again to learn and grow and just, yeah. just be part of that um, so I it, it was tough, but the opportunity presented itself for mm-hmm. another growth opportunity, which was great for me. And I look back, um, and I think we did a great job um, keeping the players safe and getting the season where everything was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a wild one for sure. Yeah. Uh, looking now this year, let's move into this year, 2022. Uh, another new another new thing for North Texas SC, moving into MLS Next Pro for its inaugural season. Essentially, the reserve league for MLS moving away from USL. Uh what were the discussions like when when this league was brought to your attention and, and the discussions for the for North Texas moving into it? How did how did the the move come about and and what are you looking forward to this season? Yeah, I mean, there's something we've heard whispers about for a long time, and and talking to ownership, it's something we we want to be a part of. Um, and for us, it was just this is this is the pathway. This is how we we grow and develop uh, within the league, and and it's something we want to be a part of. Um, and then when it's come through and actually happened, you know, it's it's a lot of work. Uh, it's a quick turn, but again, it's 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 great to be a part of. I think we're going to do a great job. We're established, so a lot of the stuff we already had in place. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's kind of crazy, I look at teams that haven't got anything in place and and, and think I'm lucky there. Um, but I think for us, it's it's going to be a great league. It's going to be. Um, an increased level of play on the field and the talent that's going to be available and just like I said the footprint of North Texas soccer mm-hmm. club you're going to see the footprint of MLS these are going to be players that are playing the World Cup um, and it's it's going to be a real big focus on on having a competitive uh, product on the field but uh, for us it's it's basically not just the new league because I, I might be ruining your next question but we've got a new coach and uh and everything's new, not just mm-hmm. on the second team, but the first team too. Yeah. So it's it's a whole lot of mm-hmm. yeah. There's new eras everywhere. It seems yeah. like right now. Um, but yeah, you, you started the topic. Uh, the new head coach. So first head coach Eric Quill did a great job for for three seasons here. He moved on to be assistant coach with the Columbus Crew, and now Palmo Duca, uh, former MLS player, former Eredivisie player, former international for Norway. I mean, from from everything, it seems like, and I've, I've met him, but it seems like a big get for this team. And, and um, how did how did you bring him here, and what do you expect him to bring to this club? Yeah, so Pat interviewed for the first team job and got really far along in the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we interviewed him and, and got to know him, he he we just needed him in this role. He was a perfect fit. Um, He's charismatic, knowledgeable, great for these young players. We've got players like you know Hope that are just blossoming now under his leadership and guidance, and uh, it's he's just a great fit for us. Um, and the more you get to know him, 
the more we know that it is the right fit. But he's he's um, got league experience. He's Canadian coach of the year last year. Did great things. He's got a history of overachieving with teams. Yeah. Um, and and he cares about the players a lot. So. Um, we're fortunate he shares in the vision. Mm-hmm. He's always wanted to live in Dallas, which was great for us. I know there was a lot of people interested in him, but he's um, the great thing about him is he's he's patient. You know, a lot of people are really keen to to get to, you know, be an MLS head coach right away. Mm-hmm. He's enjoying the process yeah. and he's growing and learning, and he sees this project as a good fit for him right now. You know. Uh, there's there's opportunities where he could have been in the MLS first team staff and mm-hmm. um, but he's patient yeah. and he sees this as a good fit um, and he's he's got uh, just a great philosophy and mindset about where he wants to be and how he wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Great to hear. Let's talk a little bit about MLS Next Pro, the new league, before we wrap up. Uh, my my first one, and it's probably one of the more interesting things about the league um, to new fans. It's there there won't be ties. Um, if a game ends in, in a draw, it'll go to a, a directly to a penalty shootout. Each team will get a point, then whoever wins a shootout gets an extra point. Uh, you know, that's kind of very American. You know, no, we don't like ties over here. You know, as an Englishman, the guy who's you know learned the game in Europe, what what how does that strike you originally, and how do you think it'll affect the league? So it is a controversial topic. I've heard, heard both sides of it. For, for me personally, um, I can see see it being great for fans to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it adds experience for players. Yeah. You know, if, they, if they're experiencing these moments where it's high level, high stress, you can't replicate that, you know. Um, and coming from an Englishman whose team seems to get knocked out of every tournament <laughs> in penalty kicks, Anything you can do to help that might be good, but um, but it's one of those things. I mean, it's a, uh, the league is is gonna create new opportunities. It's gonna be a place to be a test stuff. There's gonna mm-hmm. be stuff that works, some that doesn't. They're gonna test stuff, which is great. But I think that you know people um, say, oh, that's very American. They're tied to the European kind of you know mm-hmm. standards, mm-hmm. but. I think that, that America has to know that, that they're established in soccer now, that they can be soccer, but they can still be American. Mm. You don't have to do everything the English way. Yeah. And, you know, this is Major League Soccer. It's an American version of soccer. And you can be proud and own that because mm. the sport is established. It's got a reputation. It's got world-class players all over. And I think that, you know, for a lot of times, just saying it's American that's not always a bad thing mm-hmm. you know and, and this league can own that um, and they can they can go out and create the American version be proud of that um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying go back to penalties where they're dribbling from the halfway line <laughs> but there's little intricacies that yeah. they can test and be proud of in this league and I, I think it's exciting for the sport and uh, and don't need to be shy about being the American version of mm-hmm. soccer because that's okay and uh, it, as I say the sport is there now mm-hmm. um, World Cup's going to bring that along. It's going to be a tipping point for the sport, but um, a lot of people are, uh, you know, pushing to be the the, the European version. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to be. I don't think. Yeah. Um, and it might not work. It might be great. It might test it. It might fit really well. But this league's a place where they can do that and, mm-hmm. and try those things. So, I think that's a really interesting take. Cause I, I do think you know, even American soccer fans, you know 
who maybe call, who learned watch by watching the European leagues. But I feel like lots of soccer fans over here do kind of have a um, inferiority complex to a certain extent, and so like anytime we want to put an American spin on it, you know, we, we kind of shy away from that because we're like, oh no, well they've been doing it for hundred plus years. We gotta we gotta mold to that. But I do think it's interesting, and I think it makes it more maybe more accessible for the non soccer fan who you know who goes with it, with their buddy to a game just to catch it. And they're like, oh, I thought there you no know, no draws, penalty shootout, extra action, yeah. like why not? So I, I do think it's interesting. Um, and it, going into the season reminds me a lot of going into 2019 when we had no idea how good on the field the team was going to be, what the competition was going to be like. Um, it ended up being the North Texas SC was very good, walked walked the regular season and ended up winning the whole thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think? How, how do you think the team's going to perform this year? I know it's tough, but it's a tough question, but it's the last one. So let's, let's it, is, it is tough. Um, but I'm going to go back to that last question just mm-hmm. really quick. Go ahead. And, it's something I failed to, to mention, but when they, they stopped the back pass rule, there was controversy. <laughs> and point. people were like, oh my gosh, you can't yeah. stop the keeper picking it up on a back pass. And now that's become something. So yeah, the, yeah. the initial reaction, I compare it yeah. to that. And it's, like you know, yeah. it's something. Um, but to your question, <laughs> on the team side, um, I, I think we've put together a really strong team this year. Um, you see them on the field and the way Paz got them playing and the unit, there's, there's a great locker room. Um, we've been able to to pull a great player with our relationship with Bayern. We've got our scouts working all over and, and pulled some really good players. But a big thing too is we've not just got the international players. We've pulled in some domestics. We've got like, players like Derek with great experience. Mm-hmm. Um, we we found a player um, that was playing high school and, and brought him in. We've got a player that was playing Nisa in California. But we've also got a lot of academy players that are ready this year to get minutes. Mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, I think last year we, we had players that were on the bubble, maybe, maybe not ready. This year we've got players that are going to get minutes, they're going to make an impact. Mm-hmm. So, um, and we saw that in the, in the first year in 2019. You know, yeah. we had some first team players coming down, you know, happened to be Tanner Tesson, you know, Brandon Sylvania, all, yeah. Reynolds, all these players. And then we also had some academy players yeah. getting key minutes. And then we also had some great signings. So mm-hmm. it's like one of those things is if you look at, can you be firing on all cylinders? Mm-hmm. And I think we can this year. We've got some great first team players that are gonna need minutes and get minutes. We've signed some really quality players and then we've also got academy players mm-hmm. coming in. So it's kind of that trifecta yeah. if you like. And then Par has got the guys just focused, ready. Um, so I'm excited to see, but the key thing is we don't know what's gonna happen from the other teams. Exactly. Cause we don't know one week, like this week we're playing and it's a bye week. Mm. is the team we're playing against going to send you know eight first team players down <laughs> so um, it's going to be a learning curve but I think that, that it's one of those things if we do our job and we execute I, I think that it's going to be a really hard team to beat this year great to hear it's exciting stuff I'm looking forward to the season Matt thank you so much for your time I know this is a crazy busy week for you um, and good luck on Saturday good luck for the rest of the season yeah thank you so much <laughs>